Welcome to A to Z Sports, powered as always by the BetMGM app. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Sam Phelan, our Titans reporter for A to Z Sports.com. And we are Nashville's on-demand sports talk network going live weekday mornings at 8 central time on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Links to the show segment by segment on our Twitter X timeline. Also hit us up on Instagram, TikTok, and threads for more great Titans content. Got to thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out all of you. Like Wilson County Hyundai, make them a part of your new car buying process by seeing them in Lebanon or online at wilsoncountyhyundai.com. The Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, your region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Farm your health plans, get better with Farm Your Health Plans at fbhp.com slash atoz. The Aura app, protecting your information online and get a two-week free trial with our link, Aura.com slash ATOZ, and Krebs Kubota, an elite Kubota dealer with three locations in the mid-state and on, online at KrebsKubota.com. So, Sam, uh, Wednesday at St. Thomas Sports Park, Will Levis's ankle didn't look super great. Uh, I will play the video from Teron Davenport from Wednesday's practice, and then we'll look at Thursday's practice uh, to dive in here to a full Will Levis injury update on this left ankle. Here, So this is from Wednesday, Sam, and you were at the facility, so you can kind of take us through uh, what you were seeing uh, and, and what the reaction was for the media and other people at practice for watching Will Levis limp through drills like this. Yeah, I mean, very surprised because uh, Will had spoken to the media and kind of came out to the podium earlier in the day, and there was really no indication that this was a problem at all. He had missed a practice, Austin, on Tuesday of Thanksgiving week after getting that ankle taped against the Jags. So I, I guess that's the timeline of this whole thing, right, is first quarter of that Jags game, Will Levis gets his ankle taped up. Uh, and needs some attention to it. That's when it was kind of a blip on the radar. He then misses a practice against the Carolina Panthers early in the week. And you start sending off, you know, radar starts going off a little bit of like, uh-oh, is this something that we need to be concerned about? Well, he returned to practice on Wednesday, didn't seem to have any issues. Thanksgiving happened, was back Friday, and he played in the football game. And so Really, it was kind of an afterthought, and it was never really something I thought we would talk about or see again. Yeah. Then he comes out to the podium, and once again, no limp, no issues, no nothing. So we take the field Friday, and clearly Will Levis very hobbled, uh, especially when executing rollouts, unable limping. to really – yeah, I mean limping, straight up limping, yes. and, and limping. not like a a slight limp. I mean that was like a a dramatic sort of, of limp while he uh, was designing it, doing any of the rollouts or anything that he really had to move with that left ankle again, which he has gotten a lot of treatment on. Yesterday, that was the main story. We were all heading out there to practice saying, let's see how number eight looks. Let's uh, get our eyes and our cameras out on the Titans rookie quarterback and see if this limp is improved at all. Yeah, and here's Thursday's ankle for Will Levis, and it looks... Remember, it's the left ankle. And we saw what he was looking like on Wednesday going through these inside-the-pocket drills on Thursday's practice. I mean, that's pretty dramatic in just about a 24-hour period, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I mean, so I thought just from what I could see that it looked like he was not 100%. Sure. That he was maybe taking it a bit easy. 
maybe, you know, for whatever reason, not be being able to go all the way out. And by the way, I notice it's, it's funny. He has both ankles taped up, <laughs> like right. both ankles are fully taped up, but absolutely significant improvement from where he was Wednesday to Thursday. Like you said, 24 hour period to have that big of a jump is a real positive sign for where he could be Sunday afternoon and his ability to suit up. Yeah. So uh, Billy Jones says, ah, to be young and heal quickly. And Andre says, uh, it's called pain injections, LOL. Uh, and then uh, Brandon says he usually does those drills um, a lot uh, faster. Uh, and then yeah, Tiffany like, also adds in and says that they must have some good drugs over there. <laughs> yeah, no, I think they, they for sure. Uh, I mean, obviously he's been getting a ton of treatment and he's probably right. is taking it easy a little bit, but I mean, just to see him moving around somewhat freely without having to, to limp around or anything like that, that means, you know, like you said, 24 hours, he's taken such a significant jump. Um, so now he's got what 72 hours from that practice until Titans game day. Uh, that's yeah. usually a good sign that he'll be able to get back up to full speed for sure. And then, uh, Malachi says pain injections for practice. I don't think so. I also, I, I kind of, I totally agree with that. Sam, you were a, an athlete in college once upon a time, and I. I don't remember hearing, you know, if, if you have to take a pain injection for practice, you don't practice. Yeah. That's they're typically not, I was how say, like that. Yeah. yeah. They, they would rather just have will not practice and sit one out and maybe watch a walkthrough or whatever, than shoot them right. up with pain injections to, to go out on a Thursday practice in which they're not going to do a ton. So. Yeah, totally. Uh, so I agree with that, but I think the good thing is, and, and one, I noticed a difference, the clear difference in what I, and what I saw is that I think Will Levis inside the pocket is going to be okay because I'm going to play the Thursday ankle moves again, right? So these are drills side to side within the pocket that he's going through. These seem to be fine, but once we get later on into this video, whenever he tries to start running forward, that's when you start to see a little bit of hitch in his gait, like right there. That's not normal. Again, once again, this is inside the pocket. See, things seem to be fine. And then he seems like he protected it on that little pirouette right there. But once you see him run and try to escape, and so inside the pocket, I feel like he's going to be fine. But escapability, like on this one, this is where I go, yep, that's still bothering him a pretty good bit. So escapability might be a concern. But yeah. his ability to play within the pocket, I think, should be okay for the most part. It actually explains a lot, right? Because Will Levis just a few weeks ago spoke to the media and, and kind of said, hey, I'd like to use my legs a little bit more. Like, that's something that after self-scouting and watching some tape, I need to do a better job of doing. And we haven't really seen that so far. And why? Because he's been nursing an ankle injury. And, you know, I think that could explain a lot of why Will hasn't uh, been as mobile as we saw him be at Kentucky because running out of the pocket and trying to escape pressure doesn't really work on a bum ankle. So it sucks. I mean, you don't want to have uh, an immobile quarterback back there. Um, shades of Ryan Tannehill over the last two years or whatever. But, you know, that yeah. that is the reality of the situation. And I think any Titans fan would agree. You'd rather Will Levis protect himself by playing it safe now 
then, you know, do some serious damage to his ankle or whatever by trying to be aggressive and running the ball. Yeah, for sure. MB says, what pocket, Austin? Good point, uh, MB. Uh, not much of a pocket uh, throughout the, the season for Titans, quarterbacks, whoever that was going to be. So, but Sam, let's let's flip it. All right, we went through the Will Levis uh, update there on, on the ankle. It looks like day-to-day it's getting better, and he should be a, a full go on Sunday in Nissan Stadium against the Colts. But Sam, let's get to two key reasons on why we think the Titans will beat the Indianapolis Colts. We're going to dive into them, including Derrick Henry and some other nuggets uh, from this week. But first, let me tell you guys about Krebs Kubota. They are Middle Tennessee's preferred equipment provider. If you're looking for that new equipment to help you out around your property, around your home, Krebs Kubota is where you should turn. Why? Because they are an elite Kubota dealer, which means they have the best equipment in the industry and they have the best warranties with said equipment. And they've got three locations as a family-owned and operated business. Krebs, the family name, has been in Middle Tennessee for over 18 years. They started in Columbia. They went so well, and business went so well because of how they treat their people and treat their customers. They expanded into Franklin and Murfreesboro over the years. So three locations in Middle Tennessee for your convenience. Columbia, Franklin, Murfreesboro. KrebsKubota.com is their website. Go check them out for all of the equipment that you're looking for to get uh, all those projects done around your home and property this spring at KrebsKubota.com. Today's show is powered by BetMGM. Use the bonus code ATOZ Sports uh, to get with the king of sports books and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win with BetMGM, whatever that bet is that you place with BetMGM, you can get that money back into your account in the form of a bonus bet if your first bet loses. So sign up with that bonus code ATOZ Sports. Do all of your sports betting with the king of sports books and go to BetMGM.com. All right, so now let's dive into our two key reasons of why we think the Titans will beat the Colts on Sunday. So normally we don't do predictions on Friday's show, but I I feel like there's a few things going into this that are interesting enough to have these conversations before uh, Jack and I have the pregame show on Sunday morning live from the Acme rooftop. The first being a trend with Derrick Henry in his second divisional game against an opponent each season. And Derek was asked about that Thursday at Titans practice. Is it just having seen them again, motivation, uh, maybe be able to fix a few things that didn't maybe work right in the first game, or you just run better later in the year? You know, not too bad, not too good these first first two divisional games. But um, yeah, I think you just, you watch the film, um, you make corrections seeing um, the things that you know, we need to do better as an offense and individually, and then try to correct them throughout the week, and then just go out there and, and play your game and be better than the, uh, the one before. You had 43 yards, I think, uh, in Indy in the last <laughs> game. Does, does that maybe make you want to go out and try to, you know, in the frame of the offense, have a better game on this Sunday? Yeah, definitely. Uh, 43 yards makes you want to cringe. Um, yeah, I have to be better, I have to play better. And, um, you know, that's going to be my, my main focus um, this, this whole week is just playing better and um, being efficient in the run game. I think 43 yards makes Titans fans want to cringe, too, when they look at a Derrick Henry box score. Not too accustomed to seeing the King uh, go for less than 50, but that is what it was last time against the Indianapolis Colts. 
Yeah, and so Derrick Henry in the second game against an divisional opponent in a season, Sam, the numbers are dramatically different. Yeah. I'll let you take us through. I'll, I'll break this down right because here. it's it's a little it's difficult a lot. A lot for, of to read. <laughs> All right, so just starting from the top, uh, this is obviously the second time the Titans have played the Colts this season, and it's their first divisional rematch of the year. Uh Titans running back Derrick Henry has participated in 19 games in his career against the Colts, Texans, and Jaguars after previously playing that opponent earlier in the season. So that second game, he's done 19 of them in his career. In those rematch opportunities, he averages 119.5 rushing yards per game with mm -hmm. 20 rushing touchdowns on 387 carries. Uh, that exceeds the totals from his 22 combined first games against AFC South opponents in which he has 1,850 yards. Uh, so, yeah, you kind of see a chart there laid out about uh, each year and his rematch opportunities and what he's done in some of those games. And, I mean, you see even just last season, three 100-yard performances in his rematches last season, go back to 2020, it was 178, 215, and 250 uh, in his divisional yeah. rematches. Uh, two other 200-yard games in there as well. Uh, and he's really made a habit, Derek has, of just popping in these second games of these divisional rivalries. So, And I'll point yards. out, too, the, the outlier – 2018 is when Derek really took over as the main starter. And if you look at the, the, the wins and losses at Houston, he still wasn't the smart starter. He only had eight touches that game. Uh, but then you see the Jacksonville Thursday night game when he had the 99 yard touchdown run and blew up with four scores in the night, went over 200. Then you see 93 and everything else is over 100, sometimes over 200 except for the game he broke his foot where he just had 68 yards. <laughs> and he did that on the second carry of the game where he broke his foot and then ran for like 65 more yards with a broken foot. And so I think that's where Derrick Henry is showing that throughout his career, he's been able to own people uh, with what he's had to, to work with. And so let's also – Talk I'm, about I'm, Derek Henry. Let me well, muscle. let me real quick. I'm gonna I'm doing the math real quick on those okay. numbers. So since 2018, I just I just punched it in. Yeah. Since that first game in 2018, Derrick Henry is averaging over 150 yards per oh. game against divisional opponents. So I mean the second time. In, in the second time around, right? But like this is where King Henry has come alive. And, and like we talk about dominance against the division, it's specifically the second games. This is where the King has started to make a name for himself and become one of the best running backs in the league is what he said, getting into that tape, looking at, Hey, we just saw this exact same defense. What can I do better against this defense? And then making it count the second time around. And also Happy December first, everybody. Let's go back to King Derrick Henry. I love December because um, Christmas is my favorite holiday, so I guess I'm just just running to get to Christmas to the 25th. <laughs> um, I don't know. Hopefully, it, it, it keeps going. Um, you know, it gets cold uh, around around these times, and um, you know, I just you know want to finish strong at the end of the year, no matter the weather conditions, no matter what's going on. My mindset is just my mindset is just finishing strong. So. 
And go, finish strong, Derrick Henry always does. And Tiffany brings up the first DeHenber uh, reference of the month and of the year. And I feel like, look, why is Derrick Henry finished strong when others can't? Because he looks like he looks, right? It's all, that's the off-season work pays off now. When everybody else is dealing with stuff and when, you know, you're, you're have apathy because you can't get in the weight room in the season like you can in the offseason. Derrick Henry is apathy uh, uh, allergic, I guess. He, he doesn't lose that muscle mass. He doesn't lose that strength. He just gets stronger when everybody else is getting weaker. And we'll see uh, if Derrick Henry can continue to have DeHenber return again uh, because it's always paid off for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, Nick Suss and I were going around the Titans locker room uh, earlier this week looking for a Titans player that has had to play Derrick Henry in December. Uh, and so we we kind of popped around and I, we spoke to Aziz Alshire, who was on uh, the 49ers for a year, and went, but Derrick was hurt for that game. Yeah, and, we, foot. Yep. and so we kind of talked to him, and he was like, yeah, Derrick missed that game. Uh and I was like, well, what do you feel like it would be like to have to play Derek in December? And he just was like, yeah, not fun. I mean, that physical when it's that cold outside, it, that's not a guy that you look forward to hitting ever. But when, you know, your your hands are stinging a little bit, your arms are a little bit frozen, everything hurts a little bit more. Going and, and making contact with number 22 is not exactly what guys sign up for. So I see Trey comes in with a comment that refers to our show from earlier in the week. Uh, Austin, or I guess uh, mine and Zach show earlier. Yeah, I was off um, one day. But it, he talks about how Derrick Henry isn't the same guy because Zach and I had a conversation about Derrick having burst and where, you know, I think this is actually you and me having the conversation. Yeah, we did this we Wednesday. We did the blame pie on Wednesday. Yeah, and we talked Wednesday. about Derrick maybe not having the same burst. And I do think there is still something to that, Trey. I just think, you know, when you talk about December Derrick, I think you're starting to talk about the physicality of Derrick Henry uh, and how much of a bruiser he can be on an opposing defense more than you're looking at like breakaway speed Derrick. And he still has the ability to beat you up and, and uh, wear you down over four quarters. And so I think we'll see some of that against the Colts. All right. So we're going to get to the second reason why uh, we think the Titans will beat the Colts on Sunday, but a uh, big 10 Jeff, who's also a Colts fan uh, comes in here paying off his bet because he has to rock the Michigan logo for, I don't oh, know how gosh. Long. Uh, but he says this show should be funny because Jeff is a uh, Colts fan. Then he goes over to his burner account on YouTube so he can give us a super chat and says, ah, yes, let's compare stats of completely different teams. This O-line, this offense is ass. Can I bring up Colts stats from 2009? They're just as relevant. Well, I'll say this, uh, Jeff, the Ohio State team is a completely different team. Yet Ryan Day keeps getting his ass kicked uh, by Michigan year in and year out. So Derrick Henry keeps kicking the ass of the Colts and the Texans and the Jags the second time he sees them every year. But again, you know, different teams. Michigan by, by, different by teams. a back interim head coach. Interim head yeah. coach, by the way. Yes, and Ryan Day's uh, dyed beard uh, keeps getting his ass whooped uh, by the the blue and maize every thanksgiving weekend so jeff uh you can take that and shove it up well, I, did, peach I just want to give uh you know we don't talk college football on the show very often but i do have two cents to, to talk about this because uh yeah jeff says they cheated for two years not the same 
Oh um, yeah, okay. And and I've seen this this take on the internet, and I think it's such a good take is that like that loss for Ohio State, such a significant loss because had Ohio State won that game, what Jeff just said becomes very relevant. Of like, you cheated. And you can't, beat, you can't beat us without cheating. And, and Ohio State, we're still the king. You had to cheat to beat us. We own you. They just took their interim head coach and ran the ball down your throat again and are going back to the college football playoff because of it. So you can't I'll, really I'll use go, the cheating argument anymore. I'll, I'll go deeper. You know why Ohio State is soft? Because Ryan Day is soft. Because if he wasn't soft, he wouldn't feel so sensitive to dye his beard. He would just let the grays and salt and pepper come through. But he's sensitive, therefore soft, and his team is soft, and they get bulldozed by Michigan. And, and any other time, they try to play a legitimate team in college football and not Rutgers or Maryland or whoever else the hell the Big Ten wants to trot out there. So, uh, yeah, there you go. I'll just keep hammering Ryan Day and Ohio State and Jeff all, all day long. So if you want to piss me off, then let me just open a can of worms on Ohio State. I love it. Hey. I'm here for the Big Ten slander for, well, kind of. Go Big Ten. I'm rooting for the Big Ten. I support my Big Ten brethren, but like sometimes mm. I gotta, you know, I gotta talk uh, talk down on the Big Ten rivals. Yes. So, all right. So before Sam, you get into your uh, your reason why you think the Titans will beat the Colts. Let's ask this question to everybody: What makes you most confident the Titans will beat the Colts on Sunday? What makes you the most confident? that the Titans will beat the Colts on Sunday. But first, I'm going to tell everybody about our great friends at Farm Bureau Health Plans. FBHP.com slash ATOZ is where you should turn for your health plan. Maybe you're spending way too much. Maybe you're not exactly sure how quality your health plan is for you and your family. Farm Bureau Health Plans can help you find a better one, pay less, better uh, uh, also results for that health plan. That's what Farm Bureau Health Funds have been doing for over 75 years across the entire state of Tennessee. So go check them out online and get started at fbhp.com slash ATOZ. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Uh, I had a good day last night on BetMGM. I hit my parlays last night on BetMGM. I'm pumped about it. I haven't really had a day that I just like, Won all my bets. And that's what last night's Thursday night football game was. It helped that there were no punts in the game, and I bet a bunch of player props. But you, too, can win all your bets with BetMGM. And if you don't, no worries, because when you sign up and use the bonus code ATOZ Sports, your first bet can get you money back into your account in the form of a bonus bet, even if it loses. If you lose your bet, money still goes into your account in a bonus bet. Uh, whatever that amount is, up to $1,500 that you place that bet in, you get a second chance to win big. That's the benefit of betting with BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. All right, uh, I'll come back and roast Big Ten Jeff a little bit later with his next super chat. I do, let's go I ahead. Let's say real quick because okay. people are saying Big Ten Jeff, go find a Colts show. No, I want Big Ten Jeff oh, to stay on can, stay on our yeah. show. Uh, one of our regular commenters uh, and people who make this show go. So I appreciate yeah. you, Big Ten Jeff, right. even if uh, you know. Ryan Day is soft. So yeah, and uh, they were also uh, Jeff watches our Vols podcast on Mondays with Charlie and Reagan. He watches all these shows. I don't know he why hates, he hate watches the Vols podcast. He just hate watches us, but he loves us. But he hates the teams that we talk about all the times. So I don't know. Anyway, so all right, so let's go ahead and ask the question and get 
um, everybody's answers on what makes you the most confident that the Titans uh, will beat the Colts on Sunday. Mine is the fact that Derrick Henry owns AFC South teams the second time they play each other uh, in uh, the season, and it's December 3rd on Sunday. Uh, so let's go to, uh, uh, you know, Kicks Good says, because it's at home, there's no other reason. Levis has a bigger and stronger arm than Marcus Mariota. I, or I don't know why Mariota is being brought into this, Billy, but uh, but <laughs> Levis's arm. Uh, Hello Lady says home game. Um, Darius says they're at home. Ryan says chip on their shoulder. Denise says they're at home. Uh, Curtis says Derek Henry. Justin says Big Jeff is tired of losing. Roger says the defense will step up uh, right there. And uh, so I think the fact that they're home is a, is a lot of people's answers. And I think that's something that's interesting too, Sam, because we talked about this in the pre-show meeting that the Titans are undefeated in Nissan stadium this year, and they haven't won back-to-back games. Both of those things are not going to be true Sunday night after the game. Either they're going to snap the back-to-back uh, win drought, or they're going to lose at home and snap that streak. So something's going to give also, the Colts are very good on the road. Colts are four and one away from Indianapolis. And so that's something that goes into this as well. So a lot of chats coming in. We'll get to more of those, but mostly the, the home game, Derek in December and Braves coming in from Ryan. And Jerrion says home game. Uh, Koss says the secondary is pumped for once. Uh, Orlando says the Titans won't give up 150 yards twice the same team or to Zach Moss. Um, so. Sam, I'll let you take over here and dive into the next uh, reason why we think the Titans can beat the Colts. Yeah, so I mean, I do, I, I kind of disagree with the home thing. Um, I, I had an article on a to zsports.com earlier this week uh, diagnosing what I feel like is the real reason behind the Titans' home and road splits. And uh, everybody go check that out if you want a full breakdown of the numbers and, and all of the the stats that support my argument, but Austin, it really is just the simple fact that the Titans have played better teams on the road than they have at home. Like the teams that they played at home, specifically defenses have been not good, like bottom tier defenses. When you look at Cincinnati and the chargers and Carolina, Atlanta's kind of middling a little bit, Uh, but these road teams are Baltimore, Pittsburgh, new Orleans, like top end defenses. So I don't put a ton of stock into like this yet into the, Oh, they're four and zero at home. There must be something going on. I, I think it's just the opponent. That being said, I think this is a winnable and beatable opponent right here. And my biggest reason is the quarterback on the other side of this, the field uh, on the other sideline. And that's Gardner Minshew. He doesn't scare me the same way Anthony Richardson does. And I know he looked well, looked good against the Titans uh, in the game that he filled in for Richardson last time out. But the Titans have also made a habit of allowing backup quarterbacks that come in in the middle of a game to look really good against them, especially when it changes up the game plan of the opposing offense very quickly. And the Titans defense might not necessarily be prepared for that. I'm just not all that impressed by Gardner Minshew, to be honest. Eight touchdown passes, uh, seven interceptions, and six fumbles in 11 games played. Um, He's never won four games in a row in his career. 
Like I just mentioned, he has a tendency to turn the football over. Um, I think the Titans having a full week to prep a defensive game plan under the knowledge that Gardner Minshew is going to start this football game will help them a lot. Their defensive line has been playing a lot better and pressure towards Gardner Minshew, I think, can start to bait him into making some poor decisions. So uh, I think the opposing quarterback for this game uh, is the reason why I believe the Titans can and will beat the Colts on Sunday. Let's go to Shane Bowen and hear the Titans defensive coordinator on what he's seen from Gardner Minshew uh, so far this season. He's really comfortable in the system. Um, I think the familiarity coming from Philly uh, to be there, it's its a really good scheme. Um, they do a lot of things. He's Progression-wise, he's good. He knows where to go with the ball. Um, the RPO stuff, he's been really good at seeing all that. Um, and the big thing that's showing up is just, and it's always been this way with him, is the off-schedule plays, right? The ability to escape, the ability to duck, dodge, all that stuff, right, from dang dodgeball, right, is the same premise. Um, but he finds ways to be elusive in the pocket and get out. And that's when he tries to make those plays, right? He makes those plays, and sometimes they're good plays, sometimes they're not so good, right? So we're going to have to continue to challenge, hopefully be tight enough and where we can cover and rush and coordinate all that stuff together. And we're going to have to do a great job trying to keep him in the pocket and making sure we plaster like we did last week against Young when he got out on us a few times. So, I mean, yeah, the, the uh, extension of plays is a risk factor here with Gardner Minshew, something that he does very well. Um, but I like to look at this defensive line and the improved play and the importance that we just saw against Carolina that turnovers can have on the Titans winning a football game, uh, especially when they come in opposing territory and you get a strip sack or you get a turnover uh, via an inter interception whatever it might be. And I look at Gardner Minshew as somebody who is turnover prone in many ways. And that gives me some confidence. Yeah. And uh, Devin said, did the Titans DC just quote dodgeball to presser? Yes. Uh, he almost got there. Dodge, duck, dive, dip, and dodge. He almost completed the full dodgeball quote, which is I think uh, 20 years ago at this point, I think dodgeball came out in 2003. So uh, yeah, Shane Bowen uh, knows his Ben Stiller stuff. Uh, so I also think, Sam, I'm going to give an analogy that's right down your lane. Gardner Minshew is a better relief pitcher than he is a starter pitcher. Yep. Gardner Minshew is the sidearm submarine style knuckleball type relief pitcher that comes in in the middle of a game and you're like, ah, crap. <laughs> like, like well, you're, it, you're out, it, he throws you out your... of the rhythm. And then yep. he, but as a starter, you prep for it, you know, it's coming. And now you can handle whatever you're prepared for. But he does some quirky, weird things when he comes in in the middle of the game and uh, throws you know you kind of off what you thought you were going to see. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I mean, starting pitchers uh, can see the same lineup over and over again, and then you've got your relievers who are just like, once that lineup card turns over and we got to go to the through the lineup a second time through or a third time through. I'm not really comfortable pitching this guy. And why is that? Because they've got two pitches and they throw the same stuff. Gardner Minshew's a quarterback that seems to have two pitches. He he does a lot of the same things over and over again. So when you're not expecting him and he pops out and comes into a game, he can absolutely beat you. 
And uh, Shane Steichen has done a really good job of calling games to his strengths, as somebody in the chat pointed out, for sure. And it is a scheme in which he's very, very familiar. Like coming over from Philadelphia, he is very familiar with that offense. But at the same time, he's got two pitches. And, and, you know, it's like if you start seeing him a lot and you're able to prep for it and you know he's coming out of the bullpen – you know, you can get to him a little bit and hit him around. And so I think that's what the Titans game plan is, is to, you know, understand the things that Gardner Minshew likes to rely on, bring some pressure in his face and hope that those 13 turnovers in 11 games start to uh, pop up a little bit more. Yeah. And so in, in Sam, I want to see if you buy my theory on the NFL and there's a lot of average to above average teams in the NFL this year. Tom Brady was talking about this. Uh, over the last couple of weeks is that, you know, the NFL is kind of top heavy right now. There's a lot of mediocre in the middle of the league. So I, my theory is that the average to above average teams, which I put the Colts in that category, average to above average. Yeah. They might have a spurt, but they're going to regress to the mean of being average. And I think it's always good to see what these teams do. These teams in the middle of the pack, What's their result right before you play them? Because they're not good enough to string together top performances three to four weeks in a row, or even back-to-back weeks at times, depending on the level of averageness. And so when the Colts are coming off of three consecutive wins, Panthers, Patriots, two of the worst teams, then beating the Bucks at home, who seem like they're kind of have their, their wheels falling off a little bit. The Colts, can they, can an average to an above average at best team in the NFL win four games in a row? Uh, maybe. That's right. Yeah. I I mean, the Titans aren't any better. So I guess it's another like easy blip on the schedule. Right. But it's, but it's, it's about how well can an average team play four games in a row? Right. And so they are average. And, the law of average NFL teams is that they will not continue these streaks like this. The Broncos somehow are continuing. They've won five in a row. That's impressive. They are an above average team. The Titans are the fourth team in in this. And so Chaz says uh, with the Titans being the fourth, yes, they can win four in a row. I think if the Titans played the Colts coming off a loss to Tampa, the Colts are winning this game. But because the Colts have now won three games in a row, I think the Titans have a better chance to win this game. Yeah, I know. And I've been been following this entire season, the season of mediocreness, mediocrity in the NFL. Do I think there's anything to that? No, logically, no. But I do understand what you're saying because I'd be lying if I was like, you, you know, if you're about to go play the Miami Dolphins and they just get upset by the Jets one week and you know how good the Dolphins are, you're like, yeah, well, we're screwed now. Like we're like, we're definitely going to lose to the dolphins. Cause no way they're laying an egg two weeks in a row. You like, we needed that to be the egg that they lay against us. Yeah. I, I understand that thought process. So cause uh, I, I, I remember going back to right before the Falcons game and J- Jeff is hating on my logic, but there's something to the psychology of average NFL teams. The Atlanta Falcons are one of these average NFL teams. And the Tennessee Titans were able to take advantage of the average NFL team winning the week before and playing one of their better games and Desmond Ritter having a pretty solid game the week before the Titans game, coming to the Nissan Stadium, 
and running into a buzzsaw because of Will Levis's first start, the Oilers' throwbacks, homecoming weekend, and coming off the bye, and the Titans took advantage of it. And it's an ebb and flow league, to quote my guy Nate Washington from back in the day, Titans wide receiver, is it's an ebb and flow league. And average teams ebb and flow, flow way more often than the good teams in the NFL. And the Colts are an average to an above average team. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I, I, I do see where somebody could have an issue with that logic, but yeah, I think, you know, everybody would be lying if they said they didn't kind of think that way at times. And I do think Jeff makes a good point here about why the Titans might not win this game. And it is oh, simply covering. Uh, I'm not that worried maybe knock on wood here. Maybe this is a jinx. I'm not that worried about Michael Pittman, to be honest. I think the Titans have done a really good job against him in the past. uh, And they've kind of had his number in a lot of ways. Josh Downs is going to keep cooking them just like he did last time out. Like that guy is very, very difficult to guard and man coverage and one-on-one. And as we've seen from some of these Titans corners, uh, they don't really have the ability to do that. Here's the other thing with Pittman and and Alec Pierce even. I don't know if either one of them are going to go for big, crazy numbers, but I do think both of them are going to draw some penalties down the field. You've got some two very big, like, jump ball receivers that are able to go up and get it. You've got Titans corners that like to play very physical, but also don't like to get their head around to the football uh, and get called for penalties a lot of the time. So that receiving trio could potentially pose problems for this secondary because the way that this Titan secondary has gotten penalties on third down, extended drives, and then the inability to cover Josh Downs last game could pop up again this week. All right, any of these sports here live on this Friday morning. Let's go ahead and ask this question again to you guys. Uh, what's your confidence level on a 1 through 10 scale on the Titans beating the Colts on Sunday? What is your confidence level on a one through 10 scale and the Titans beating the Colts on Sunday. But first I want to tell you guys about our sponsor aura who will protect your information online a lot better than Titans offensive lines have protected Titans quarterbacks the last couple of years Aura will identify data brokers who are profiting from selling your information online to telemarketers and spammers and marketers and lists that you don't want to be on. Uh, I signed up with aura back in April and they've limited my spam calls. I basically get zero spam calls uh, right now, and I get a lot less junk emails than I had in the past. I used to have to spend time nearly every day, or they'd stack up on clearing out spam junk emails that I didn't want. But now Aura does that for me. It's so easy. You get a two-week free trial when you sign up with Aura with our link only, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z for a two-week free trial. Aura found 30 data brokers who were selling my information and got rid of them in five or six days. And you get 14 days for free. Once again, with our link, aura.com slash A-T-O-Z. Today's show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Sign up using the bonus code A-T-O-Z sports and get up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, that's a second chance to win big when you sign up with the king of sportsbooks and do all of your betting at BetMGM and BetMGM.com. Real quick, like the show. Uh, We need more likes on the show. Like the show, like the show. If you're watching on Facebook, on YouTube, like the show. If you haven't liked it yet and you're like, I'm not going to like it. Why? What what are you holding your like back for? Uh, Like the show. I said this the other day. 
I watched a home improvement video on YouTube to help out with something I was doing here at the new place. I was like, you know what? I'm going to like this video. So I like the video. So like the show on Facebook and on YouTube as well. So confidence levels, one through 10. What is your confidence level in the Titans beating the Colts on Sunday? Sam, I'll send you to the chat uh, who should be liking the show more. Yeah, they should be liking the show. And let's see how much they're liking the Titans. Michael's at a seven. Andrew's at a one. Scott says six, five from Steven, six from Damian, three from Clint, seven from Josh, seven from Ashley, a 5.1 from Alex, six from Jaron, six from Kevin. Clayton says four. Roger says eight. We got a 6.5, a four, eight, four, three, four from Kenny Schultz, four from Darius, four from Matthew Hall, six from Orlando, 5.3 from Matt, 2.25 from Steven. Four from Donsonell. We had a five from Chaz. Five from Willie. Hello, ladies. Less than one with a decimal coming in. And then some other oh. middle of the road scores here between sixes and sevens. So, Austin, one through ten, where is your confidence level in the Titans to beat the Colts? I'm at a 6.5. Uh, I, I, you know, I typically I in the pregame show, I pick the Titans to lose the game just because I have fun with the the – I'm a very um, definitely superstitious with that. And I also like to think it's funny because over the years, Titans fans hate when I pick the Titans to win, but they like when I pick the Titans to lose in the pregame show. So I have fun with that one. But I'm a six and a half. Uh, I feel like the Titans can actually pull this thing out. Mike Vrabel is backed up against the wall. Will Levis had, I think, his worst performance in his five starts so far. The defense got confidence back against the worst team in the NFL with Bryce Young. So let's see if they can continue to roll over that confidence. Now, the Colts' offensive line got fixed in a hurry with what they were able to do in repairing some of the holes they had the last couple of years. So it's going to be a lot different on Sunday for the Titans' front four who won that game for the Titans against the Panthers. But I'm at a 6.5 and a confidence level the Titans will win this game Sunday. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm at a 6. I'm just below you here. Feeling pretty good about it as well. Uh, this just, uh, the Colts are the better football team, but I think this is a, a game at home that is a chip on the shoulder game for these Titans. And, and when you look at them trying to stop Zach Moss a second time around and it, it, a, a, an opportunity to redeem themselves for what they did as a run defense uh, in Indianapolis. When you look at Derrick Henry and Derrick Henry's motivation to have a better game and play more like himself in a second time around against a divisional opponent, uh, a, a full week to prep for Gardner Minshew, the better play from the defensive front. This feels like a game to me that is building, like momentum has kind of been building towards for these Titans to get a win. So while I can acknowledge that there are problems in just straight up matchups with this Colts team sure. uh, that could end up being the Titans downfall here. I think right now I, I've got good positive vibes heading into Sunday and I'm at a six for the Titans to come away with a win. All right. And I'm at 6.5. Jaren's brings up, hopefully Burks can contribute. And Jack and I talked about this yesterday on the show, Sam, that Traylon Burks back at practice. He was back again yesterday. So two practices in a row for Traylon Burks coming out of concussion protocol. Yep. I mean, do you do you feel like this guy is going to be able to play against the Colts? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. He's been he was a limited participant uh, in Wednesday's practice, full participant yesterday. So progress for Traylon. 
I will have to see if the limited practice allows him to clear protocol or not, but there's a chance that we get to speak with him today if he is cleared from protocol before Friday practice, which would be great if we got a chance to talk to Traylon before yeah. the the game. Um, I, I'm not trying to lean one way or another. And, and the only reason I would say that is typically I would say yes, right? If a guy clears concussion protocol and is out there practicing, we could see him out there. We should see him out there, but this is a little bit of a different circumstance where this was obviously a more severe concussion. Traylon's been wearing a Q collar in practice. Uh, like the, he's taken a lot more like preventative measures. And I think we saw it with Sean Murphy bunting once earlier this season where he was concussed, uh, had cleared protocol, but still wasn't able to make it back for the game. So it's not a given by any means. And right now I would say it's a toss up but I'd be interested in seeing if we can talk to Traylon today, if we get a better vibe of whether or not he's going to go. Yeah. Uh, so Titans Fox just asked the question. Uh, I mean, you guys didn't mention Burke. Is he sitting or will he be a factor? I think as Sam was answering that question, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Um, but I, you know, me and Zach mentioned earlier in the week, Traylon Burks is actually a must have for this team. If they really want to try to put something together uh, this season uh, and, you know, I I was laughing at this because Devin just made me laugh. Burks needs to wear his helmet in the shower just in case he slips. I mean, at this point, every preventative measure Traylon Burks can make is something that needs to be taken because he's got to figure this thing out and how he can get back on the field. Because I said yesterday, I need Traylon Burks to climb out of the bus category that he's trending towards. I need him to have a total of, 300 yards receiving the rest of the way, a couple touchdowns, multiple touchdowns, and to be available in every game once he returns. Like, if he does play against the Colts, he can't miss another one. If he misses the Colts game and comes back against Miami, he's got to play the rest of them moving forward once he starts 300 yards in, I mean, five games maybe? I gave him six. He plays on Sunday. 50 a game? Yeah, I mean it's a high. I'm to climb out of the bus category. Yeah, hey, that's why I, to, to, to for me to end the season feeling good about Traylon Burks in year three, I need true. him to average fifty yards. A okay, game I think that's fair. Game. I think that's a fair standard. Then, yeah, because I mean, anything less than that, you probably end up looking at Traylon as kind of a toss up next year again, and you're just kind of like, I, I don't know, maybe, but we'll see. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if he's able to put together six very strong games down the stretch or even five if he's not able to come back this week and just able to piece together some really strong games uh you do feel better about the impact that he can have in year three um and that could affect the way the titans approach the offseason so yeah all right uh let's go ahead and get to something sam you almost scooped me uh on a segment that i had planned here but uh first tell us all about the bone and joint institute the Bone and Joint Institute, uh, they could help our buddy trailing out probably quite a bit here because uh, you don't want to fumble on your recovery. You want to uh, always recover from anything life throws at you as quickly as possible. And you can do it at the Bone and Joint Institute by scheduling an appointment at boneandjointtn.org. The Bone and Joint Institute has a state-of-the-art rehab facility located out in Franklin uh, that is the one-stop shop for all of your needs. You're not driving all around Middle Tennessee to go to different appointments, whether it's clinic, rehab, image, surgery, testing. They have everything at the Bone and Joint Institute's campus in Franklin. So go and see our friends and schedule an appointment with them at boneandjointtn.org. 
And with BetMGM, you can win big this weekend by using our bonus code when you sign up, ATOZ Sports. That's ATOZ Sports when you sign up for the BetMGM app the first time and go big with your first bet because the first bet offer is not going to be any better than what BetMGM has for you. Up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet misses. That's BetMGM, code ATOZ Sports. Go big with your first bet, up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if that first bet misses. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 or older, Tennessee only, new customer offer, all promotions, qualifications, other requirements, first online room, money, wager only. Rewards issued, knowledgeable bonus bets, bonus bets, five, seven days, and for problem games, sport, call Tennessee, red line, 800-889-9789. Sam, do you have your BetMGM bets of the week for this game? Because I've got mine locked and loaded, but I'm curious about yours. Yeah, I've got my pick ready to go. It is as straightforward as it gets for me. Derrick Henry, over 62 and a half rushing yards at minus 115. I mean, you heard Derrick Henry talking about his last performance against the Colts. 43 yards makes him want to cringe. And Austin, the story about the Titans basically every week so far has been the look in Derrick Henry's eyes that he gets after every game wanting to do more, wanting to do better, feeling like he could have some big explosive runs. Uh, He was at the podium just yesterday speaking to Titans media. And when asked about his performance against the Panthers was like, let's just say I could have done a lot more. Let's just say I could have had a lot more yards. I think Derrick Henry is hungry as he has ever been. Uh, The Titans offensive line will finally start the same group for a second week in a row here with Jalen Duncan at left tackle uh, and Peter Skaronsky and Dylan Radins and all of those pieces not moving. I think that's a very good sign for this running game. And I think uh, the key to them winning is taking that Nissan Stadium home field advantage and running the ball right down Indianapolis's defense. So over 62 and a half, I feel very good about and I'm going to be making that pick on BetMGM. Uh, I don't dislike it. I like it a lot. Would Yeah, I mean, there were crazy stats there uh, for Derrick Henry the second time he plays um, a division opponent in a season. You almost scooped mine because you you name-dropped Josh Downs for the Colts. Yeah, I was going to say, did I, did I steal your Josh Downs thunder a little bit? No, I mean, no, it's fine because I came prepared with more numbers because Josh Downs' total right now at BetMGM, I took it this morning, is 51 and a half. Over, 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 over Josh Downs, 51 and a half. Let's just go look at the last top receivers the Titans have allowed. Jonathan Mingo last week had four for 60 for the Carolina Panthers. You go look um, at what uh, happened with Calvin Ridley, went for 103 for the Jags. And you go back previously, Mike Evans just torched the Titans defense for 143. Uh, and then you go back even further, Deontay Johnson, who barely even tries in Pittsburgh, had 90 yards against this Titans defense. Uh, and then even uh, you have to go back to, to really the Falcons game is when the last time the Titans stopped a main receiver for a team. Now, Michael Pittman Jr. is the wide receiver one for the Colts. But Josh Downs, at a 51.5 number, I am hammering the over. I did it again. I might double down on it later this weekend, depending on how some Saturday plays go for me in my account. But Josh Downs, over 51.5, receiving yards against the Titans at BetMGM. Seems like some easy money, in my opinion. 
Yeah, you know somebody's going to have a big game, uh, whether that's Pittman or Downs or maybe Pierce or whatever. Somebody's going to have a big game, and my money would also be on Josh Downs. I think he is the matchup nightmare for this secondary uh, that could end up popping on Sunday afternoon. Yep, no doubt about that. Let's get to a super chat here um, before we switch over to good news, and I'm going to go back and hammer Jeff again. Gary says, he says 20 confidence level in the Titans winning because they're going to win because it's his birthday wish. So happy birthday to Gary Soto on YouTube. Hopefully uh, that does come true for you. And then uh, we go back to our guy, Big Ten Jeff, who gave up another super chat. He says, hmm, Ohio State's soft. Yes, uh, but they played Georgia 10,000 10, times better than your Vols. Vols are lucky to be ranked. It's okay, Austin. Vols are back to mediocrity. Look, the Vols are lucky to be ranked. They're eight and four. They were not a good, very good football team this year. Ohio State is a way better football team this year than Tennessee, and they were better last year against Georgia than Tennessee was. That game was played neutral site against Ohio State and Georgia, where Tennessee had to go to Athens. And Tennessee, yeah, they let the crowd get to them and had a bunch of false starts in that game in Athens, Georgia. So, sure, Tennessee let that happen. But Ohio State should be better than, than Tennessee. Tennessee was eight and four this year, a lot because Joe Milton did not have that extra half a second of quick processing like Hinden Hooker had. And we'll see what Nico does this upcoming season. And then he says, uh, it's funny to hear a Vol fan try to call a team soft. Don't lose by 28 back to back weeks. Tennessee is not very good <laughs> in some spots too. And I've covered and hated on Tennessee this year. A lot on their I mean, Ohio issues. State's always better than Tennessee, and they always will be. They're like yeah. they're a top five program. Yes, for sure. And uh, Nate says Jeff's cool. You have to respect it. He has nuts the size of watermelons that come in in there daily. Yeah, you got to, to in in order to be a troll on the internet, you got to have some really big balls, right? That's so so admirable of Jeff <laughs> to come in here every day uh, with his watermelons uh, to, to to troll us. Yep, for sure. All right. Sam, you ready for good news? I'm ready. Let's do it. Ain't that good news to wrap up the week? <laughs> By our friends at Wilson County Hyundai. Check them out online, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. Make them a part of your new car buying process. It is the right time of year to buy a new car. You got deals. Make that happen at Wilson County Hyundai in Lebanon or online, wilsoncountyhyundai.com. So ain't that good news to fill the chat, Sam? I'll send you to the chat. What are the good news uh, that are being posted so far? Yeah, let's see it. We got uh, good news. Uh, Orlando says not really. He has to face C.D. Lamb, Mahomes, and Jalen Hurts in fantasy football uh, and A.J. Brown for the last spot in the playoffs. Yeah, not fun. C.D. Lamb got uh, got your opponent off to a very good start there, Orlando. He kind of had D.K. Metcalf. It could have been worse. Um, let's see Jeff says, good news. Taking back my brother's 60 pound, six month old golden retriever that doesn't listen. LOL. Uh, then going to candlelight professional with a processional with John Stamos. Oh, Hey okay. now. John Stamos. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a wild uh, series of events. I don't, what is that even? I, don't I have know. no idea what that means, but yeah. Uh, I don't know what John Stamos is up to these days. Uh, but Hey, okay. Well, hold on. Fun. 60 pounds at six months does not seem real. I I don't know. I agree. Goldens are kind of light, aren't they? No, they can be. I don't feel like full-size Goldens are even 60 pounds. It can be, 
don't know. What? 60 pounds? Six months? Uh, I don't know about that. Oh, Clayton says the processional is the Christmas reading at Epcot. Oh, yeah. Cool. Nice. Um, Devin says, good news. Uh, He passed his firefighter physical agility test after throwing up the two previous days with strep throat. Next stop is the board. Then I'll be ready to save Frazier from a tree. Love it. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, very big congrats. Uh, let's see. Kevin says he's coming down to Nashville from Indy for the weekend, celebrating a buddy's birthday tomorrow, then going to the game. He is a Titans fan, wants to make that clear. So he is Acme you know, rooftop pregame. Kevin, come see uh, Jack and I up there at Acme, at the Acme, and then walk over to the stadium and then go back to the Acme for postgame. That seems like yep. the vibe for Kevin and his crew. Ranch um, water and spirited hive game day specials there at Acme uh, for the home games. So Kevin, we'll see you. Dimitri says last month of the year is his good news. Time is flying. Is that good news? Yeah, no I don't know if that's good news. I mean, like I kind of like, wow, 2024. Woof, we're already here. My mind's been in 2024 for six weeks, Sam. Yeah. What do you think is the worst month of the year? In what context? In general, just the worst month of the year. Maybe not like for you personally, like if like one month is like loaded with work or something, but just like in general, what month sucks? Um, hmm. I mean, people are saying January. January pretty, pretty, pretty sucky. I think I feel like you have playoff football in January, though. Yeah, I'm trying. That's what I'm saying. In what context? I think it's February. Well, that's what I was going to say. The worst sports month is by far February. Well, what's in February? You got no I have a lot of family birthdays. I have a lot of family birthdays in February. But then, like, I hate my birthdays in April. I hate April because I I typically can't breathe. Yeah, I typically can't breathe in April because it's yeah, you had all these personal problems though. Like, well, that's what you're months. asking me. Well, what's I'm the just, worst month? That's why I'm, I'm asking just, the context. All right. Well, I was just curious because I f- I feel like the world is like general rules. I feel like April's great. You know, it starts warming up a little bit. I li- I like the rain, so I like April. I like the rain in April. Um, yeah. <laughs> Demetrius I, says I'm I'm dissing Black History Month <laughs> with February. That, February has. I didn't the even worst think about weather. that. That's my bad. <laughs> February has the worst weather, uh, and the least amount of important sports. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. But worst I weather, also. But I guess if you've got a personal, I mean, if you've got a bunch of family birthdays or whatever, that's yeah. I like like three, including my wife's. Anyways, and my mom's uh, and my grandmother's. Uh, so important. It's a good important month for you. Day. Valentine's is, yeah. Day too. It's a romantic yeah. month for you. Um, look again. I I love it. my birthday, and again I've been doing these allergy shots for almost two full years now. So hopefully April is getting better for me because I love the idea of April. But I think uh, man, June's kind of boring, right? Because it's like kind of summer. No, I feel like June is kind of good. I, I like June better than July. Because I feel like June, we're like, yeah, it's summertime. Like, people yeah, go and do stuff. Right. And then July, you're kind of like, all right, it's been, it, now it's really hot. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it, and you kind of die down on some of the activities a little bit. You know bit. what? Like, I, honestly, I kind of don't like November that much. Hmm. That's interesting. 
this is such a good conversation. I love this. It's, it's 12 options. Like November, like Thanksgiving's towards the end. You get a you get like the middle part of the NFL where you're like, ah, you you're kind of used to it and it's too early for playoff push stuff. I, I will say here's and then another, college football has some good things at the very end. Well, here's a contender then. He like because I think this is February inverted and it's August. Because August is one, you're going back to school if you're a kid. Yeah, it's true. It's very hot. You're yeah. like teased by football, but you don't actually have football yeah, back. Right. Baseball is like they call it the dog days of August. It's like the when you like pay least attention to your team because you're kind of over it. August is like right in that middle ground yeah. of like you're right. I'm over the summer thing and I want fall, but it still feels so far away. Yeah, August sucks. You're right. Because it's too damn hot to do anything. It's very hot. I, that That's another. And training camp right, is yeah. just going to. Tra- training camp kicks our ass every August. Too. Yeah. All, all, yes. It, all, August is the worst. We're sitting I here. Agree. on we're, You and I are like, can't wait for a game. Can't wait for September. But it's like we're all teased for six weeks of just yeah. being yeah. hot and miserable. You're right. So that's August another... is terrible. August right. is my well, pick. My good news. Uh, I got real quick is that it. You know, I talked about it with you a little bit yesterday, Austin. The winter meetings are in Nashville. MLB winter meetings, and I'm potentially going to be there. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and look into getting something set up so that I can be there, can do a story for A to Z Sports on the future of Major League Baseball in Nashville. If you know me, you know that that's like a lifelong goal and dream is to cover the winter meetings. I've always wanted to do that. Uh, so they're right in my backyard right now. And I, that's good news. Uh, and then my other good news is just that my college football agendas are up and up because I, what do I tell you? I root for chaos and boy, <laughs> do we have chaos. I, I'm rooting for all of the mad scenarios that is going to piss everybody off and make the committee look bad regardless, because guess what? College football fans that were these purists that told me that they needed this four team or maybe even two team playoff are wrong and they've been proven wrong. The 12 team formats, the way to go this year's as good of an example as any. All right, there you go for your good news. My good news is we're at the one week mark of being in the new house. Gotten a lot accomplished, but still have a lot of other things to go. Uh, so having the, the chimney checked out today by our friends at Chim Chimney, uh, they're coming by today and getting some other stuff taken care of and trying to keep our heads above water as Moving is a beast, uh, and moving over the holiday break was a beast of its in itself too. So uh, that's my good news. One weekend, and I'm feeling good about my my setup here. I've got the TV on the wall to my left. I've got my light set up. I've got my coziness in the office, and now I'm ready for bowl season, baby. That's what I'm pumped about too. Is being in this new office setup and having the right bowl season with all the different random kickoff times. And I know I've got a little echo going on here. I got to get other stuff up on the wall. It's still bare walls for the most part besides the TV. So uh, that's that's my good news. One week down and a long time to go. Your Northern Illinois Huskies are uh, bowl bound. They're bowling, Austin. I don't know if you heard, but the NIU Huskies are in fact bowling. Good for them. Yeah, just throwing that out there. So I'm excited for bowl season two for the first time in a while. There you go. All right, guys, that'll be it for us. Make sure you like the show on the way out. Hit that thumbs up button if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube. We are no look. There's no 
Vols tomorrow because that regular season is over. So you'll see Jack and I on Sunday, pregame, halftime, and postgame show at Acme Feed and Seed. So make sure you check us out up there on the rooftop with Jack Gentry and myself, Spirited Hive, and Ranch Water deals uh, all day long on home games. So we'll see you then. Enjoy the start of your weekend. Talk to you later. Appreciate it as always.